0: Was
1: a good friend of mine. I never ran the Hello, and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Jeff Hardy. and I'm sitting here for Kyle Case, who's out of the office. Joining me in studio today is my friend and and office neighbor Derek Campbell. Derek, how are you today?
2: <laughs> I'm fantastic, Jeffrey. How are you?
1: And I know you're excited to be here.
2: Yeah, oh, I am. I am. It's a uh, holiday season, and I love nothing more than coming to do this show with you
1: and And you probably have another chance in the next few weeks, too.
2: <laughs> I hope so. Okay.
1: So, Derek, with the cold weather coming on, I thought it might be fun or interesting or important to talk about frostbite. Have you ever had frostbite?
2: I have never had frostbite. I think I've been cold before, but I've never burnt skin.
1: So, do you know what the symptoms are?
2: Uh, cold?
1: Well, that's that's definitely one of them, so... (laughs) (laughs)
2: So <laughs> I don't. You need to enlighten me.
1: Well, let's talk about, according to the Mayo Clinic, frostbite is an injury caused by freezing of the skin and underlying tissues. First, your skin becomes very cold and red, then numb, hard, and pale. Frostbite is most common in on the fingers, toes, ears, and nose. That rhymes. Cheeks and chin. Exposed skin in cold weather is most vulnerable to frostbite. But frostbite can occur on skin covered by gloves or other clothing. So... The signs and symptoms of frostbite include a cold skin and a prickly feeling, numbness, red, white, bluish, white, or grayish-yellow skin. Never seen the the, the grayish-yellow, but that would probably be pretty ugly. Yeah. Hard or waxy-looking skin, clumsiness due to joint or muscle stiffness, and blistering after rewarming in severe cases. Can you imagine your skin blistering because it's been so cold?
2: Uh, no, I cannot imagine that, actually. I, I can't
1: either. That but, was... Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if frostbite can actually happen in several stages. First, you get what's called frostnip, which is a mild form of frostbite. Continued exposure leads to numbness in the affected areas. As your skin warms, you may feel pain and tingling. Frostnip doesn't permanently damage the skin. Now, I know I've had that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know when it's cold enough and you can uh, breathe and you can feel it. Yeah, You feel your nostril or your... Uh, your lungs or your teeth. <laughs> t- yeah, your mouth starts to mm-hmm. get bitter cold, stick together.
1: Where you put your hands in cold water and it feels hot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that that's the first phrase. That's frostnip. Then superficial frostbite appears as reddened skin that turns a white or pale. Your skin may begin to feel warm. A sign of serious skin involvement. If you treat frostbite... With rewarming at this stage, the surface of your skin may appear mottled, and you may notice stinging, burning, and swelling. A fluid-filled fluid blister fluid filled blister may appear 12 to 36 after rewarming the skin. Interesting. I don't think I've ever had that. I think I've been close, but I don't think I've ever been there. And then deep or severe frostbite is frostbite as it progresses. It affects all layers of the skin, including the tissue that lies below. Your skin turns white or bluish-gray. You may experience numbness, losing all sensation of cold pain or discomfort in the affected area. Joints or muscles may no longer work. Large blisters form 12 to 48 hours after rewarming. Afterwards, the area turns black and hard as the tissue dies. And you should seek uh, medical attention for frostbite if you experience any of the symptoms of superficial or deep frostbite. So. Don't just take care of yourself. Go see the doctor. Go see the medical professional.
2: Yeah, our bodies are amazing. We can do stuff like that. We can experience certain levels and still recover. Yes. And obviously, sometimes you need a doctor's help. But yep, that's uh, that's amazing. It is. I like the cold, though. Do you like the cold?
1: Sometimes it just kind of depends. I, I prefer the cold to hot.
2: Yeah, I'm and, and weird we like in Saint that. George. Yeah, I prefer the I prefer the cold. So, or at least
1: temperate to hot. Yeah.
2: But I would say to everybody else, if they don't like frostbite or they don't like cold, just come to St. George. That's right. Come visit us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or Sometimes you really don't get frostbite at all because it's too warm to even think about it. <laughs> yeah. So switching gears entirely, joining us in the studio is registered dietitian Lucy Sorensen. Lucy works at the Livewell Center in St. George, Utah, and currently works with eating disorders and weight management. Lucy, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. Thank you. Have
1: you ever had frostbite?
0: No, I have not. I try to stay away from the cold. That's why you live
1: here too, isn't (laughs) it? That's why I live
0: in St. George, Yeah, That's right.
1: So we are in a general concurrence that we stay here so we can avoid frostbite, which is a good thing to do. Yeah. Now, my wife, she likes to run early in the morning up on the hills above Hurricane, and she thinks that she gets probably the frost nip, the, the early first stages of it in her toes when it's pretty cold, but she gets cold easy anyway, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you uh, going out in the elements. I remember I spent some time in Canada, and I was out there running in negative 20-degree weather on oh. a regular basis, and you feel like you get frostbite, but, you yeah, know. It's just the frostnip It just gets nip. red, yeah. yep.
1: So it's early stages. So it's good to know there's different stages and phases of it because if you get the frost nip, you're you're, you're you're uncomfortable, but there's no permanent damage done to your skin. So that's good yeah. to know that if you're just at that stage, you don't have to seek medical attention, but it's those other stages you have to worry about. Yeah. So getting back to Lucy. Today we're going to talk about mindful eating during the holidays. Which, again, seems appropriate since this is the first of December and the parties are all starting. Yes. In fact, there's a party going on at the Canyon Media Studios today. It's their open house, and so there's lots of folks here coming and eating some good food. So let's talk about mindful eating during the holidays, shall we?
0: We should, yeah. All
1: right, so what's your first tip for mindful eating during the holidays?
0: First tip. <clears throat> so this is kind of a big one because we go... To buffets or go to parties where there's just the table and no one moves away from the food table, do they?
1: No, they don't. Not That's my smart. favorite
2: thing. <laughs> they just stay there. right you there. you can eat all day long. You could. Standing there, <laughs> snacking. Like, seriously, you never get full.
0: Right. So I'd say a big tip could be to get your plate of food, preferably a smaller plate if possible. Uh-huh. Dish up and go sit down somewhere
1: because there's a conscious thing that you have to do. You have to think, okay, I'm going to move away. I'm going to sit down here, and I'm going to eat my food here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what are the what are the benefits of, of eating outside of the obvious of eating someplace other than where your food is? Like going to sit down.
0: Well, when our food's there, it's we are we mindlessly eat, so we just keep kind of snacking on it. If other people keep eating, it's really common for us to follow that trend like if they're still eating we'll keep eating. If as they Derek quit was mentioning, eating, we'll quit eating. <laughs> as
1: Dirk said, you know, standing there and eating everything all day, yeah.
0: hmm
1: Um and then is there anything that we need to avoid with with in this in this scenario? Is there something we should avoid with the food when we sit down to eat?
0: Well, you know, holiday time there isn't always the best things, but it's enjoyable to eat and you mm-hmm. want to eat and and be able to have fun with your family and friends, and and partake of those things. But a lot of times, there's foods that they have there, or that people bring you. You get like the goodie plates <laughs> that people often generously yeah. bring, and sometimes they don't taste very good,
2: mm-hmm. right? <laughs> sometimes they taste really good.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I think she's being sarcastic. Sarcastic,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I would suggest this is what I tell people. Like, just save room for the things you really love.
1: So, so don't snack on all that stuff beforehand. Just, just yeah. sit, just, when you get your plate, sit down and eat that. Let that be your, your mm-hmm. nourishment. And your. And
0: if you don't like something or you taste something and it doesn't taste fabulous, it doesn't, like, blow your socks off, then don't finish that and eat the thing that you do like.
1: Now, that's a novel idea. Leaving something on your plate, that's something that I was trained as a young person not to do. And I still have that mentality. I still have to finish. I have to clean everything off my plate, which is so silly, but yet it's so deeply ingrained. There I am.
0: Yeah, it's a hard one. It's a generational thing for sure. There's mm-hmm. some people that are like, I cannot do that. And that's why that small plate can really help too for people that really struggle with I have to clean my plate. So getting that small plate, the dessert size plate, and use that to dish up on.
1: I think that's a great idea. Um If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We're visiting with Lucy Sorensen, a a registered dietitian from the Livewell Center. And uh, we're talking about mindful eating during the holidays.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure, Jeff, but uh, maybe people think in my neighborhood that my family needs to be fed or maybe we're just loved. I'm thinking it's that we're just loved, right? Right. We get a lot of goodies and there's so many times we can't eat it all. So my wife sometimes will put some in freezer bags, put them in the freezer, and then you know consume them throughout the year. No, that's a great idea. And anyway, that's uh, one thing that we've done that helps a little bit with
1: uh, the, the masses holidays, that can't yeah.
2: come during the holiday season. Yeah, there can be a lot. Loving neighbors
0: and work, right? People bring stuff oh, to yeah. work all oh, the time.
1: <laughs> Just in our <laughs> office today, we got caramel popcorn we got uh, lint chocolates and we got uh, an orange chocolate orange thing that you you know can break into sections and eat so (laughs) that was just today
2: yeah it it comes in armfuls
1: of love in in waves (laughs) yeah i like the way this is out of love they're doing it for us they don't want us to be fat they really love
2: us
1: (laughs) so what the the small plate is the psychology behind the smaller plate because your brain sees a plate as a unit so whether it's large or small Consuming a plate of food is the same thing, whether it's large or small?
0: That's the idea, that it kind of is supposed to trick the brain a little bit. Because mm-hmm. when we, your brain kind of decides before you start eating um, if something's going to be satisfying, if it's going to taste good, if it's going to make you full or not. Like we kind of, we sense things more with what we see and what our brain is is. Mm-hmm. Processing than necessarily what's actually going in our stomach a lot of times. So yeah, we have this little plate, and if it's full, then you're still seeing like, oh, that plate's full. It's gonna help make me full. Where if mm-hmm. you have a big plate and you put less on it, then it just looks like it's empty. And so it plays on the psyche. There is some, some of that.
1: So that is that where the expression "my eyes are bigger than my stomach" comes in? With Probably. your eyes, you says my eyes says my eyes say I need this much, but my stomach doesn't want that much. Yeah. Yeah. Because my eyes do say that. My eyes are always telling me that I want to eat a lot more than my <laughs> stomach really wants.
2: You don't want the plate to go to waste. That no, no. If you're going to have a big plate, you might as well use <laughs> the real yeah, you, do, you, yeah. you
1: don't <laughs> want to have white space on a plate. That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Why would you buy
2: a big plate? So then the struggle,
0: though, is with the small plate is how do we not keep going back for seconds? And that's where kind of trying to remove yourself from close by that table.
1: Well, that does make a difference. And, and also... Um, You'll probably get to this later, but pace of eating makes a difference because if you get it down fast, your, your stomach hasn't had time to tell the brain that it's full yet. Mm-hmm. And so you still think, well, I'm still hungry. I can eat more. So then you want to go back. But if you eat slowly, your brain says, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm getting a message. It's coming in. You're full. You don't want any more.
0: Yeah. We don't get to enjoy the food as much either when we eat it quickly. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of, yeah, it doesn't send the signals to the brain that you're satisfied, but you're also oftentimes when you eat quickly, you don't really get to taste it. You don't really get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so then you're going, well, that kind of tasted good. I want some more because <laughs> I didn't slow down mm-hmm. and actually pay attention to yeah. how good it tasted.
1: My wife is always telling me you need to taste your food. Cause I do have a tendency to eat <laughs> fast. Yeah. Uh, Derek and I, as we were coming in, we were talking about, I grew up in a family, there were four brothers within four years. So there was a lot of competition for the food that was on the table and I found if I didn't eat fast, I didn't get seconds. And I always liked seconds. So I always ate fast so I get seconds. Well, now that I'm adult and there's no competition for the food, I still eat fast. <laughs> so I don't get to enjoy the food because I'm so busy eating it.
0: Yeah. And some of us, those are things that are ingrained for years and years. And so it can be kind of hard to to change that and slow that down. And especially if you're eating with other people, you know, a tip that you can try is be the last one to start eating. mm because we we tend to eat as long as the other people around us are eating. So mm-hmm. if we finish and people are still eating, then we think we need more. And then we'll keep eating as long, long as the slowest person at the table is still eating. Where if we're the slowest one eating. and then we're throwing everybody else off. Yeah. Then <laughs> Well, but then oftentimes they're all yeah. done and you go, oh, I guess I'm done. I don't need to yeah. finish. That makes sense.
1: That makes sense.
2: Do you mind if I step backwards a little bit?
1: No, go ahead, Derek. Because I have a question. And, go ahead. Uh,
2: it, I'm I'm absolutely certain you have some uh, tips for uh, me specifically. But uh, what are we doing to ourselves in the holidays that we need these tips? Like what are the health ramifications of these bad habits that we're picking up just for the short period of time? Because some of us eat pretty good throughout the year, but mm-hmm. it comes to holiday time and it's... It really is almost just eat whatever's there. So what are we doing to ourselves?
0: Well, I think a lot of people will say like, oh, I gained this much weight over the holidays. Now, you know, then we have January come and everyone's at the gym and it's packed with all these people with their New Year's resolutions. Um, But weight loss is hard. So really, we don't want to put on the weight. You know, if we can prevent that, that's the better way to go. And... Honestly, like as we, it's hard to get out of those habits of just overeating and um, eating maybe too indulgently. You know, I've heard a lot of people that have just from Thanksgiving are like, "Man, I've had pie like every meal, every day for like over a week now." Yeah. And and so it's not even just that's the the one day; it's the the carryover and that we keep indulging over and over.
2: So we're so we're forming some habits that um, are hard to break, which they is are why hard. we do New Year's resolutions. But what else? What kind of weight are we putting on? If we're just if we're putting on that much weight that quick,
0: it's just fat,
2: just straight, just sugary, straight fat. lovable fat.
1: Mm-hmm. Where, wherever your fat goes, mine tends to go around my middle, my belly. But and different people put on different places. But
0: and people do gain weight in different areas. I'd say a lot of times. And for most people, especially as we get a little bit older, we are going to gain it in the stomach area. Mm. And then I hear people all the time asking, well, how do I get rid of just this, this stomach? It's like, you don't get to choose where it comes <laughs> off from. <No. laughs> so Or where it goes on for that matter. You don't get to choose where it goes on, but that is typically where it goes mm. on. And it yeah. usually doesn't come off there first no. either. So, no. But yeah, we gain we gain fat. You know, sometimes people are like, oh... Maybe I'm gaining muscle. You're not gaining muscle unless unless you're working pretty hard to gain muscle. Yeah.
1: So something that I found personally is when I when I eat a lot during the holidays, it stretches my stomach out. So when I get into the regular January eating habits, it, it my stomach doesn't feel full because it's used to being stressed out from all the food I'm eating during the holidays. So that's something that it may not be everybody, but that's something personally that happens to me that it's hard for me to get my stomach to, to get used to the normal-sized portions again.
0: Yeah, and we get used to... You know, the dessert after every meal or the treats after, um, you know, snacking all day. And, and those things become very habit-forming. And our brain does does get pleasure from that. Oh, so yeah,
1: Especially mine. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> that sugar lights up our pleasure yes, in our brain. And so we want to continue to do that. And so it does get hard when we get in those habits to try and break them.
1: Now, is it wise to to skip meals or not eat before big dinner? If you're you're going to go into a big party, if you're going to a big social event, should you skip a meal just to save room in your stomach for that?
0: You know, I think a lot of people think that's the best way to do it because it's like, well, I know I'm going to eat more than I need to. But what happens is then you get there and you're so hungry and so famished that you're you're going to inhale that food. And then you're going to want more and more and you won't be able to maybe have as much self-control as people people yeah. say so it is better to continue to have your regular meals or even have a small snack before you're going somewhere mm-hmm. so that you aren't so hungry that you're overdoing it
1: i actually did this thanksgiving normally i'll just wait because we thanksgiving lunch rather mm-hmm. than dinner so we tend to eat like one or two o'clock so sometimes i'll just skip breakfast and go right through then I found I was so famished that I was eating way more than I should so I had a little something in the morning so I wasn't really hungry I didn't overeat during Thanksgiving meal which was really nice this year
0: yeah it's not comfortable to overeat no, you don't not. feel good no, and it's then not. it's like that pleasure that you got from eating that wonderful meal is kind of gone because you, yeah. then you feel horrible
1: then another challenge I sometimes find myself running into is am I really hungry when I'm eating sometimes I just graze because I'm bored or whatever I just so you know sometimes it's you have to think about, am I really, really hungry? Is this truly really what's going on? Is there something else going on?
0: Yeah, I call that suggestive eating as well. Like, you, whenever you just see food, you know, it's like you see food out on the counter or mm-hmm. when you come to work and there's food and it's like, oh, well, now I want that. Well, it's there's food. Yes, I want very it. Very suggestible. House. <laughs> when, you know, you're watching TV and a commercial comes on and there's food, it's like, oh, now I want that. <laughs> You know, there's the subliminal messages, oh, yeah. right? You go to the movie theater and as soon as you walk in and they're, the screen has the popcorn popping and they're po- pouring the Diet Coke into the...
1: They know what they're doing, don't they? They do
0: know what they're doing. And everyone's like, oh, if I don't have it, I need to go get it now.
2: Yeah,
1: something's wrong with me. I don't have that in my <laughs> hand.
2: Yeah, that is so true. It's so easy to just walk by and grab something. You know, have a plate of cookies in the office or a plate of cookies at home. You walk by and it's almost... Thoughtless. Just grab something and start eating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a we have a break room in our office and often if I'm if I'm on my way past that I'll always stop in to look to see if there's something there, whether I'm hungry or not. I mean it's just if there's something there, I'll grab it and eat it, whether I'm hungry or not. That's so silly. Yeah.
0: You know, and that's, that's kinda nice. like that first tip we talked about, like sitting down with your food. Um kind of re- referenced it more to when you're like at a party or a gathering but you could use that same rule to apply to other times yeah. where it's like if I'm going to really pick pick up the snack and eat it then I have to make sure I go sit down at the table and oftentimes if we were to really follow that rule we we wouldn't do it. we're like, I don't have time for that.
2: Yeah. Can you imagine using a food tracker during the holidays? <laughs> Cause we, you know, sometimes you start a new diet or a health program in January. And mm-hmm. it, by the time you're at the end of the year, you have, you know, habits and patterns and you kind of know what you're eating and you're in a rhythm. But I just can't imagine during the holidays, you got a pumpkin pie with how much whipped cream. Mm. I don't know. There's a dollop, is a... A, dollop a measurement. No, yeah. it's not. let's go by the cup.
0: Yeah, and because is it is it the Cool it Whip there. or is it the heavy whipping cream? <laughs> yeah, that's right? right. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: <laughs> How many sure. Calories per day. It's uh, pretty funny. So, are there any is there any hazards you have to worry about, like eating in front of a, a TV or something like that? Is there is that a, is that a problem?
0: Well, when we talk about mindful eating, um, definitely that that throws mindful eating right out out the window. So, we become very mindless when our brain is focused on something else. So, when we're watching TV. You know, our brain is diverted to whatever we're watching. Mm -hmm. So we're not really paying attention to when those signals start to come to say, oh, you're not really hungry anymore. Oh, you can stop eating. We use other um, things to gauge how much we eat. So Mm -hmm. we we wait until the show is done or we wait until the bag is empty or, Mm -hmm. you know, we have other things that are going to help us gauge. Oh, I can stop eating now instead of listening to what our stomach's telling us because our brain is distracted from getting those messages. Yeah, it's
1: like uh, how many times have you sat down in front of a, a TV program you, or a football game or something? You bring your your snacks around, and next thing you know, your bag of chips is gone. And where did that go?
0: Yeah, and you almost t- don't remember, right?
1: Yeah. And you certainly don't remember the flavor of it. You didn't get much enjoyment out of it. It was just it was just habitual eating rather than exactly. mindful eating. Exactly, which is a bit of a problem.
2: You've, uh, I think it's interesting. It you love the flavor. But sometimes we don't stop and think about the flavor. Like if you're actually trying to identify the different flavors in the food that you're eating, um, maybe that causes you to slow down.
0: Yeah. Or often, you know, I think a lot of people after the second or third bite, we don't really taste it anymore.
1: (laughs) That's true. And so and then really, you should probably probably eat the stuff that you like first, because if you save the stuff you like for last, and you may be too full, but you're going to feel obligated to eat it. Of course.
0: Yeah. So whoever made up that rule dessert first, I mean, I don't know that that's always such a bad idea. If you're going to make sure you eat dessert later, then, you know, you don't want to overeat to have the dessert.
2: So, yeah.
1: but yeah,
0: eat the things you like first. Don't save the best for last.
1: And you hear people say that they're saving room for dessert, which means that they're just going to stuff the dessert into the space. It's <laughs> <that's> available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody recently
2: said life is short. Eat dessert first. Cause you never know when you're going to leave.
1: That wasn't recent, Derek. I've heard that my whole life and I firmly believe that. <laughs> yeah, well, for me
2: it was recent. I've always heard, you know, save room for dessert, but eating dessert, I usually don't eat dessert, but eating dessert first is i uh, I've been trying it. It's different, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely uh, have different eating habits that way.
0: Yeah, or if you don't eat dessert with meals, I mean, you can make it more of a special occasion where you're actually set aside that time for dessert.
1: We often will have dessert later in the evening. You know, we'll we'll eat our meal, but we won't be won't really feel like having dessert right then. So we'll, a couple of hours later, we'll actually have our dessert then, which you actually get to enjoy it because you've got room for it. you've processed some food. There's some room in your stomach. Your palate's always, also also clean has been cleansed. There's cleaner than it was when you were eating. So so you get to enjoy your desserts, that's kind of a fun, thing, a fun thing to do.
2: I love those tips. They're good.
1: Yeah. So, Lucy, we're running short on time now. So is there any last tips you'd like to give us on eating mindfully during the holidays?
0: Let's see. I think we've covered a lot of them. You know, we did talk a little bit about slowing down while we eat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that one is harder to to be able to pace. So, I mean, some things that you may have heard before is you can put your fork down in between bites or you can chew how many times, you know, before mm-hmm. you swallow right. or um, or take a drink in between just so that you are helping kind of pace yourself because mm-hmm. it is hard to do that when you're used to eating quickly.
1: Well, Lucy, that's all the time I have. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been so helpful. And, and Derek and I, I know we're just going to be great over the holidays. I'm
2: going to try some of these, honestly.
1: I am. am. Yeah, I am too. Some great tips because I I honestly am an overeater during the holidays. Well, I'm an overeater all the time anyway, but (laughs) especially during the holidays. So some great tips for me. So thanks for joining us, Lucy.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: We'd like to remind you to join us each and every Thursday at 5:30 p.m. for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life on St. George News Radio 1450 a.m. You can also listen to this or any of the past shows at www.seniorgames.net. You can also subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life in Google Play Store or iTunes and subscribe. And, Derek, we're coming up to the time of the year when it was time to start thinking about resolutions. And, Derek, I think an excellent resolution is to be an athlete at the Huntsman World at the 2020 Huntsman World Senior Games.
2: I agree. Hey, that's awesome. I like that.
1: That's right. The dates are for the 2020 Games are the 5th through the 17th of October, and registration opens in just four months.
2: I know. It's coming quick. We're trying to get ready.
1: So plan now to join 11,000 of your closest friends. If you have any comments or feedback feedback about our shows, we'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to at activelifeatseniorgames.net. And Derek, we have a quote for the day. It's, when you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. I like it. I like it, especially as we're talking about snow, frostbite, and cold. Yeah. (laughs) So that's all we have for today, folks. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Stay active. Bye, everyone.